Okay, welcome to our second week of the coronavirus. This is our second time of being online, and hopefully you can be encouraged by the message we're going to look at today with John the Baptist. I'm going to do a couple of things a bit different. I'll start with a famous prayer, and I'll finish with a famous prayer. So the first prayer for our service today is from the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. So let's just bow heads in prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. Not so much to be understood as to understand. Not so much to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we awake to eternal life. Amen. Let us now turn and look towards John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, his birth was foretold, so we find that his parents, according to Luke chapter 1, verse 5, his father was a priest named Zechariah, and his wife was named Elizabeth. And it says in Luke 1, verse 6, that they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. However, they were childless. So we find in Luke chapter 1, verse 8, the angel says to them, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he'll be great before the Lord. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. As we turn now to verse 16, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and who go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of fathers to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom and the just, and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So we find he's prophesied. The next thing we find that he's born. So this is our second section, the birth of John the Baptist. And there in Luke chapter 1, verse 59, it says that they came to circumcise John, and then in verse 64, that Zechariah's mouth was opened and he blessed God. Why? Because part of the, uh, uh, Zechariah's response to John being born was the thought that um, it wasn't going to happen. So he was told that he'd be speechless until this day. Now to you and I, it echoes the momentous occasion for the birth of Isaac to Abraham and to Sarah back in Genesis 17. John is clearly going to be a pivotal person in salvation history. Nothing is known about John before he starts to preach. So when we turn to Luke chapter 1 verse 80, it says the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. So when he started to preach, he ended nearly 400 years of prophetic silence. John was the voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the coming of Jesus. And we go to the beginning of Mark's gospel, and very right from the very start, Mark chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. He will prepare your way, the crying of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Then in verse 4, it says that John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now he spans the ages. He has one foot in the Old Testament as an Old Testament prophet. And he also has one foot in the New Testament as an end times prophet. Now it's interesting, he taught very strongly about judgment that is at hand. 
and his message was very, very blunt. So we see there in Luke chapter 3, verse 9, The axe is ready at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, John's lifestyle was austere, as was his message. He was an ascetic living person in the wilderness. He, uh, dest- uh, uh, he was clothed in camel's hair, and his diet involved locusts and wild honey. Now, John, in many respects, was not a crowd pleaser. He was willing to confront the hypocrisy of the religious establishment of his day and confront their sins. And this is one of the reasons that led to his own death by Herod. Now, how is he, uh, the third, fourth section we've got is, how is he like Elijah? Now, his message was being viewed as being like Elijah. So there in Luke 1.17, he will go out before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the discipline into the wisdom of the righteous to make ready people ready to be prepared for the Lord. So why did some people think that he was Elijah? In John chapter 1, verse 21, they asked, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? They faced it to him uh, confrontingly. So why was Elijah thought to be John the Baptist? In Malachi verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 4, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. That had 400 years of silence. John the Baptist is now preaching. Uh, we have uh, Jesus on the edge of uh, his coming. And it goes on in verse 12 to say, But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, says Jesus, but did to him whatever they pleased. Then Jesus goes on to say, So also the Son of Man will con- uh, certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying John was the Elijah to come before him. The next big event we have is the baptism of Jesus, our, f- our fifth point. It says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus came to John to be baptized. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And when John was baptized, immediately he came out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This clearly presents to John the Baptist that Jesus was coming as the one that he said he was. Our sixth point is that John does testify about Jesus. So there in John chapter 1 and 29, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, The man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So very clearly, John knew who Jesus was. Then verse 31, I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with the water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen... And I testify that this is God's chosen one. In many respects, John was the greatest Old Testament prophet, but he was also the last of his era, the last person from the Old Testament. So Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 11, Among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. 
John the Baptist was Old Testament. Jesus is New Testament, as was his followers. Now, Jesus opened many new doors and a whole new way of understanding God. Now, his way of understanding God definitely came from the Old Testament. However, we were living in an era when the preachers of the Old Testament had severely distorted the truth of what the Scriptures did teach. So the question you and I need to ask ourselves is, who was John? Well, let's grab a couple of verses. First one, John 1, 23. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So John came definitely to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. And he definitely came as a messenger to say Jesus is coming. Then in John 1, 7, he came as a witness to be a witness to, about the light, that he might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Then going back to the beginning of Mark's gospel in Mark 1, 7, says he preached, After me will come one who is mightier than I, the sandals, the strap of whose sandals I will not be worthy to, uh, to untie. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now John was very supportive of Jesus. And he was also supportive of his disciples becoming followers of Jesus. So we find in John 1.35, the next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus and he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now the two disciples, who were two of John's disciples, heard this. It says, They followed Jesus. John knew that Jesus was the Christ. But at the same time, I imagine he struggled to understand the ways of Jesus. Because he and Jesus were quite distinctively different in how they did their ministry, the words they spoke, and how they collected those around them. So we find after John was arrested in Luke chapter 11, that John had heard the deeds of Jesus and he sent by his disciples and said, Are you the one to come or should we be looking for another? Now in one way this is odd words for John because John had heard God say, Behold, this is my son with whom I am well pleased at his baptism. He had been his cousin. There obviously been some relationship there. But for John, there's some sense of thinking, I don't understand how you're doing your ministry. So how does Jesus respond to him? He doesn't say, oh, you silly idiot, of course, just believe by faith. But he looks to scripture. He says, go and tell John what you hear. And the quote that Jesus gives is from the book of Isaiah. It says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is one who is not offended by me. He says, look what scripture says. But the verse that he quotes, he adds one extra thing. The dead are raised up. He says, not am I doing the things that the Old Testament said I'd do, but I'm doing even more than that. Now in summary, John came at the end of 400 years of prophetic silence. He came preaching in the spirit of Elijah, a message of repentance and baptism. But in his darkest hour, he questioned who Jesus was. Now, why was this? John came as one of the desert. Jesus was one who spent most of his time in townships. And in Luke 7, it describes this contrast in verse 33. For John the Baptist had come eating no bread and drinking no wine. You say he has a demon. And verse 34, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. You say, look at him, glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Now, John the Baptist and Jesus, in many respects, were the same in their message and their content. But how they delivered it and how they did their ministry was quite different. So after many years of John preaching, uh, mainly in the wilderness and baptizing, he gets arrested for his uh, co uh, confrontations with Herod. 
So we turn now to our passage for the day, Luke chapter 6, verse 18. But John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted him dead. But Herod feared John because he knew that he was righteous, a holy man, and kept him safe. And when he heard from him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. So obviously he and John would spend time together. Uh, John would frustrate him, make him struggle. But also at the same sense, he said, this is God's word that I'm hearing. Now, an opportunity came when Herod was going to have his birthday. Uh, it's the only birthday we have really in scriptures. And he gives a banquet. And when Herodias' daughter comes in and dances, he pleases Herod and his guests. And the king says to the girl, ask me whatever you wish and I'll give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask, I'll give you even up to half of my kingdom. Now, whether his words are those of a drunk man, a silly man or a fool, he really uh, is just being way out over the top in what his comment is. And she went out and she asks her mother, what shall I ask for? And her mother saw this as the greatest opportunity she had to ask for the head of John the Baptist. She asked the king, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter, on a plate. Now the king was exceedingly sorry because of his stupid oath and his guests who did not want to break his word to her either. He was caught between a rock and a hard place. Do I please her? Do I kill John? Or do I do the right thing and leave him alive? Sadly, he calls for the executioner and orders to bring John's head. <clears throat> he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. So it brings us to our next question. How is John and Jesus different? In John 5, it says this in verse 33. Jesus sent to John that he was born witness to the truth. Now that the testimony that I give is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. So Jesus very clearly saw that John was God sent. But then he goes on in verse 36 to say, But the testimony that I have is greater than John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So there's a very strong sense, you could say, that uh, John came as a forerunner, the herald, the entryway to Jesus. But Jesus by far came for a far more powerful and significant ministry. So we go back to Luke, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Very, very similar words to that of John the Baptist. But he adds something most powerfully significantly different. That is the gospel. The good news of Jesus. Because Jesus at the very essence is the gospel. The question that you and I now face is are we willing to stand for truth? Are we willing to die like John the Baptist did for his faith? Now at times you and I may go through struggles. And if we look at John the Baptist, how did he deal with his struggles? He sent his disciples to Jesus and said, you know, answer me, I'm facing issues. 
Now, Jesus graciously didn't deny him or reject him, but gave him an answer from scriptures. So when you and I struggle, where do we find our answers? In the word of God itself. It's good for us to go back to the scriptures to seek out what God has. You and I are called to present our faith to a world that is dying. And especially at the moment, so many people are in anxiety and grief and concern. How much more powerful is the confidence of the word of God in a world that is under great hardship? My second prayer is from a man called Alfred Deacon. He was actually the second Australian Prime Minister. And uh, during his life, he was a very committed Presbyterian. He wrote over 400 prayers and uh, he was the Attorney General and had a lot to do with uh, framing our constitution. So people say we're not a Christian country, and that is correct. But we can say that many Christians deeply shaped our country, shaped our government and how it rules, and shaped the very constitution and the parliament that we have. Let us pray now this prayer that he prayed many years ago. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Grant me the prayerful power to discern where my service may be fruitful, that I may see clearly where my duty lies. More than this, now in maturity, I may scarcely ask, and yet I must crave also courage and will to execute, so that my weaknesses may not multiply my failures. What then would be mine when all flows from you? Heavenly Father, use us today to share our faith with those around us. And Father, may we always look to your word and dwell in your scriptures to find understanding for who we are. Amen.